0: I was needing supplies for our missions trip, we're going to be heading on out here, um, 42 of us next Saturday to Moss Point, Mississippi. So I thought, if I'm going to buy, you know, large quantities, it makes sense to go to Costco and fill up a couple carts full of good stuff. I asked my kids, I said, can we share? I said, do you mind if daddy shares the experience? They're like, sure, dad. So I took that as an okay. So I'm rolling with this because inside your head, you picture how you're hoping the day's going to go telling our boys, like, guys, we're going to go on up. Yeah. The Tuckers who have six kids over here are laughing because they know how that is. You have the the speech. You, you tell them, guys, be on your best behavior. Let's be respectful. You just go through everything and you think, okay, it's going to be good. So what do we do? It's, it was around lunchtime. So we stopped there at um, Costco and they have these ginormous pizzas and Start out of the gates, you know, they're fighting. I want cheese, I want pepperoni. And I'm like, guys, just be happy and thankful that you have food. It's, it's going to be all right, you know. So you just kind of work through that, you know. And then I said, Mark, he's the oldest. I'll let you run the, the, the second cart. And, you know, he's, he's going down, and not purposefully, but, you know, one of my sons stops, and Mark runs over him. And, and there he is crying, you know. Oh, he is. I'm like, ah, I'm like, guys, just slow down. And then they hand out all the free stuff, you know, at these little, ah, they just got to eat pizza. So they're going on up, and and then they're sending Paul, my youngest, to go on up to get seconds and thirds. So I'm like, guys, can we just slow down here? And then all of a sudden, they thought it would be wise to go in, I don't know, some sort of like little seeds or something. So they're spitting at each other with these seeds. I'm like, guys. If you guys don't slow down, I said, I'll spank you right here, right in the middle of the Iowa. You know, stop it. Just behave. Listen. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting up to the to the checkout line. I'm like, okay, Lord, we're almost done. Thank you, Jesus. And, and we're going up and here. My card doesn't work. I'm like, what? What's going on here? So the manager came on us. Honestly, ma'am, I said, just, you know. Uh, just reissued everything, everything got transferred on over, and I said, uh, she goes, I'll, I'll just scan it here, I'll, you know, I'll bypass it, everything will be just fine. She goes, but you do want to go to customer, you know, desk up here, you know, uh, service, and they'll help you on out. 40 minutes later, after I spoke to Visa and my wife, well, at the exact same time, because I didn't know what our code name was, and all these, you know, passwords, and all this stuff, so, so they're over there off the side, right before you're going out, they look at the cell slip, you know. I'm like, guys, just sit there, don't do anything, just behave. And next thing I know, I see a sandal flying up against the, you know, and they're throwing stuff around. I'm like, guys, can you just, just relax? <sighs> so there was a, a, a gentleman off to the side there who was needing some help, and uh, he left, A lady came on up, and she said, well, she said, uh, there was a person here said, said, uh, left their cell phone, whoever was here prior to. And I looked at the gentleman. I said, I think I remember the guy's face. I'll go on outside and see if I can find that gentleman and, and, and get his phone back. So I'm walking out, the parking lot, looking around, can't find the guy. I come back in. I pass him. He, actually, he must have went the other direction. I said, sir, I said, did you leave your cell phone up the counter? But when I did that, there was this unusual sound that was taking place. Like, woo, 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 woo. I'm like, what is going on? You know, I just, you know, I wasn't really focused on that. I was trying to get this guy's phone back to him, helping them on out. So I said, he goes, you know what? He goes, I did leave that at the front counter. Thank you so much. He goes, you know, that, that means so much to me. So I walk on in and I see my kids and they just have this really sheepish look. And I see all the managers running on up to the front counter. And I'm like, what is going on? And my son goes, Caleb tripped the fire alarm. And you know what? It was okay. I looked at him. He had this fear in on his face, like, my dad's going to kill me. You know, I'm like, I'm not. And he goes, Dad, honestly, he goes, I was over here, I didn't realize, that. I want to go lean against the wall, and I opened the door. And, you know, so that was my experience. And the times you just, what do you do with that? You know, I just look at just us as human beings. And on a more serious note, I mean, Seriously, you look at just human beings in general, we're just so human at times, and we just do things that are so carnal, just maybe if it's purposeful or not, acts that we just do things, and you just got to shake your head, and I, just for kicks and giggles, I went and like, what are some dumb things that, that people do, and students, so they, I kind of, my phone came on up, and, and I said, ah, oh, praise God, it's just not my kids, and, and, and I was looking through, they said one kid got a, a, a tattoo of a KFC double down sandwich on his arm. And I'm like, another kid wanted to do a selfie with a squirrel. And the next picture, you see the squirrel attacking him. You know, I'm like, really? Okay. Um, I like this one. This kid didn't want to do his chores, so he ran away from home and stayed on the subway for five days until they found him. And you see the dad, you know, with his hand around his son You know what, I've come to realize it's just not um, my kids, but I talk to other parents, other kids too. And I know sometimes that stereotype of a preacher's kids, they're supposed to have it all together. And God convicted me a long time ago. Sometimes, I'll be honest, just a a transparent moment, I think um, my kids need to be perfect because I'm a preacher. And there's only one who's ever been perfect. And my kids, if you're around them long enough, you'll realize real quick, they're far from perfect. But they're in process, okay? Today, we're going, my, my sermon entitlement is that we are all in process. If we stop and just think about this, there, there's different people here in their walk with the Lord, where they're just learning and growing, and there's some who are mature. They've been around the woods a few times. They, they know not to go down that road because they've been burned, and they realize that's not a healthy route to go, so they take a few steps back and say, you know what? You know, I'm in process, and I realize that that is not a wise decision, or maybe someone, you know, told you about that experience, and you heeded that advice, which is fantastic. But the, the bottom line is this, that we're maturing, hopefully, that we're constantly maturing and growing in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 12, 2 says, Therefore, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but what? Be transformed. I look at that we're in process. We're being transformed, hopefully, through every experience that we, we come in, in, in contact with, people that we come in contact with, whatever it may be that, you know, you know what? What is this learning experience? How can I grow closer or grow in my relationship with the Lord. The Lord actually um, laid this sermon on my on my heart, and i like, you know, I, I'm going to go with this, because I could have just, you know, as a church family came in and said, uh, with this late notice on Thursday evening, can you put a sermon together? And I said, well, actually, God kind of put this upon my heart, so I'm rolling with this. And I, and I looked at certain individuals in Scripture, and I know that if we stop and looked at uh, many others, you could just draw the conclusion that I'm drawing, and that is that many of these even spiritual icons are all in process. If you look at Moses, he's tending to the herd of critters out there, and an angel, of the Lord, appears to him through a fiery bush that's not really burning, but and he speaks to him and he says, "I, I need you to go do something. I want you to go to Pharaoh." And I want you to deliver in, 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 because I've heard the cries of my people. I know that they're being oppressed and they're going through this difficult time. And, and you know what? I need you to take those people on out and deliver them. And Moses' response is, but who am I to go to Pharaoh and tell them I'm going to take the people? And the Lord responded said, tell him that I'm going to send you, okay? And number one, he said this. He says, that I will be with you. And I think that is so strong. When He says, I'm going to be with you. And whenever you deliver and take those people on out, they're going to worship me. But Moses' response again is, and I look at this, it's almost like a child and a father kind of going back and forth to some degree. I'm like, we're not really much different than our children at times. He goes, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and, and I tell them that the God of their father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, has sent me, he goes, what should I say who, who who you know what what is your name you know who should I say sent you know sent me and and that's the famous saying where God says I am who I am you will tell them I am who I am sent you okay I am who I am and he goes through a whole kind of a lengthy spill there where he talks about the elders and how they'll ponder the, the Egyptians and go on. But Moses comes back again. And he says, well, what if they don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? God responds again. He goes, you know what? See that staff that you have in your hand? He said, just throw it on the ground. And, it, and it actually Moses did that and it turned into a snake. And I like that text because it says Moses ran. That's my kind of guy. I hate snakes. I don't like, the only good snake is a, thank you. If you're snake lovers, I'm sorry. Yeah. But he reached down, he grabbed the snake, turned back to his staff. He goes, if they don't believe you then, he says, stick your hand inside your cloak, okay? And he brought it on out and it was white as as all could be. It was leprous. Because even then, if they don't believe, he said, get some water out of the Nile, throw it on the ground. He said, it'll turn into blood. He said, ah. So Moses' responds again, he said, but I'm not an eloquent speaker. I'm really slow with speech and with my tongue. Again, the Lord goes in and he responds to him. He goes, I gave man his tongue. I made those who are deaf, deaf, those who are blind, blind. I made you exactly who you are. Just go. And here's the classic line, that Moses turns to God one last time and says, can you send someone else to do it? I don't want to do it. Wow. That, that's amazing. That, that is truly an amazing story when you stop and you process. Seeing just a burning bush that, that you know, and, and the Lord speaking to you, being up, say, okay, God, what are you, whatever you want me to do. But the reality is this. I believe that there's many times that God speaks to us and we're like, okay, but we keep asking questions and finally, you know, God, I think maybe you should get someone else to maybe do this job. Someone else could probably do a much better job at doing this. The other person I would like to touch on is Elijah and I'll touch on him very quickly because as you look at the story that unravels here in 1 Corinthians, you have Obadiah and Ahab who are in contact, they're talking and then... uh, Obadiah and Elijah, they come together, and, and Elijah says, go tell Ahab to get all your, your false prophets. It's about 850 total. He says, we're going to have this showdown. And, and, and he has all the people gathered around him. And he said, today is going to be the day that we're going to call. You're going to call on your God. I'm going to call my God and whatever God comes and consumes This sacrifice, because they had two beef animals, they cut up into pieces, and they built built wood, I guess you could say, as Elijah said, he called it an altar. He put 12 stones around it. And he goes, you're going to call on your God, I'm going to call on my God, we're going to see which one shows on up here. He goes, you guys go first. Okay, you guys are going to go first. So they get on out there, they start screaming and yelling, they're dancing and calling for their false God to devour this offering. And I love the text because Elijah, he starts taunting them a little bit. He goes, what's what's going on here? Is he asleep? Is he traveling? You know, is he on vacation? (laughs) What's going on? You know, and and they start cutting themselves and it gets, you know, really crazy. And their God does not show on up. So Elijah says, step aside, it's my turn. And he goes and he he digs this hole and and he has these individuals go get four large jars of water. And, and not only does he have the wood and, and the sacrifice, the animal, but he pours four jars of water. And he says, go do it again. Second time. He goes, do it again. Three times. And then he has a prayer to the Lord. Asking the Lord to reveal himself to show on up. And the Lord shows up in a mighty way, comes down, consumes everything, even the very last drop of water. I think, you know, there's some times in life, if I wish I had a time machine, if they existed, this would have been a time. I would have loved to jump in it and watch this take place. Wouldn't well, that have just been cool? Just to stand back in, in, in the crowd and just watch the power of God at work and consume this, this you know, fire from heaven. I mean, that just had to be thunderous. had to be just incredible just to see with the naked eye. And obviously the people there is like, whoa your God is truly the God of all gods and the people realized that the God of Elijah was the true God and they went and they killed all the false prophets and we uh, obviously, if you guys know the story, there was famine. Elijah goes and, and prays and it starts to rain. We have Ahab who jumps in a chariot with horse and goes and, and the spirit of the Lord fell upon Elijah and he ran in front, uh, which is truly amazing. But then we catch ourselves... Into the next chapter where Ahab tells Jezebel what took place with all the false prophets. He said that they're all dead. And her comment is this: she goes, By surely by this time tomorrow, Elijah will be dead. And his response was fear. He walked away, Elijah truly just walked away, and he prayed that he might die. He goes, I've had enough, Lord. I often wonder at times where we're involved in church and we're so active for the Lord that we forget, forget to remember, forget to maybe reflect upon the power of God and how he's worked in our lives so many times. And, there's, and because we're so overwhelmed, see, that's what happened with Elijah here. There's times where I'm sure you guys have said this comment. So you know what? The Lord just gave me the strength to do it. But you know what? After you walked away from whatever that event or whatever that took place, you're physically, emotionally just exhausted. And that's what happened. He was in depression. He was exhausted. And he's ready to give up on the Lord. Another individual that I would like for us to look at, and that is the person of Jonah. You read the very first part of this text where it says, that the word of the Lord came about to Jonah where he wanted him to go to Nineveh and share the gospel and the next verse Jonah runs from God and you're scratching your head thinking why are you running from God what are you thinking much like a kid I've told my kids several times hey can you go do that and they just run away from you like like what is going on I just told you to do something did you not hear me did you not listen And he takes off and he runs. There's a good reason because he realized the God that he serves is a very loving, very compassionate God. He's a gracious God. And he didn't want anything to do with the people of Nineveh because they were very wicked people. God was wanting to to put judgment upon them. But he said, you know, I'm going to send you in there. And hopefully that there will be a, a, a time of repentance, a revival that will take place. So after he got puked on out on the, on the beach there from the well, he gets on up, he goes to Nineveh, proclaims the gospel, and there's a revival that takes place, even to the king, all the way up to the king, the whole, the whole city, a revival, hundreds of thousands of people. And then we find Jonah angry with God. He is ticked off at the Lord. Has there ever been a time in your life where things didn't go quite the way you wanted and you got angry with the Lord? You're saying, God, that's not the way it should go. It should go this way. What are you thinking, Lord? And we get a little agitated with him. I believe all of us could probably raise our hand on that one. If it's not with God, maybe it's with people. I'm gonna go and touch on a particular text here. This is Apostle Paul, a great icon of faith. I want you to, I'm going to read this if you want to read long, you can. It's in Acts 15:36. says, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they were going. What they're referring to is their first missionary trip that they had, and they were wanting to go on the second and He said this. Barnabas here says, uh, "said Let us go back and visit our, visit our brothers in the towns where we preach uh, the word of the Lord, and see how they are doing." Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them, and had here says, and he had not continued with them in their work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Okay. And Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Here's some godly men who had a downright just dogfight of an argument. It wasn't like a mild little conversation. It was a sharp dispute where Paul says, absolutely not. I'm not going to let this guy go with us. He deserted us last time. He left us out out to hang. You think I want to take... John, Mark, seriously, Barnabas, come on. He was agitated. He said, absolutely not. He had his one chance. I'm not gonna give him a second chance. I'll take Silas and we'll, we'll just part our ways and go do what we wanna do. Have you ever had a, a squabble with someone before where it was much easier just to go your separate ways than to talk things on out? I'd like to go on here. I think God realizes that we're, we are all in process and there's times that we're going to make some bad decisions. Just flat out we're going to do things that are not honoring to him. We're going to do some things that I'm sure he's scratching his head saying what are you thinking? Why, why did you do that? I even look at, again, let's look at the life of Peter where Christ calls the disciples and, and they start walking and following in his ways and, and we have Peter Soon, where he's there, and Christ looks at Peter, and he asks him this this question that many of you guys uh, probably know the answer to. He says, "Peter, he goes, who do you say that I am?" And Peter just nails it. He says, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." He said, "Well, that was not you know something that you learned from me or anyone else. That was given to you by the Lord." So there's Peter. He's growing. I mean, he's in process, he, he's, he's learning, saying, all right, he is the Christ, he is the Messiah. We go down a little bit further there, we see, you know, the disciples are out in the boat, and, and there's this man that's walking across the water, and like, oh, is that a ghost? What's going on? And you know what, they, they, um, they look like, I think that's Jesus, okay? And, and Peter, if you guys look through scripture there, he goes, uh, Lord, if that's you, call me, and I'll jump on out, Okay? Now, the youth pastor version would be, I, sometimes when I read these things, you've got to forgive me because I'm like, I wonder if Peter really did this, maybe. Or maybe he jumped out of the boat, turned around to the disciples, stuck his tongue out and said, look at me, I'm walking on water. Whoa! He starts running to Jesus. Jesus, let's go! And he stops and sees the big wave, the big scary wave, and he starts sinking on down, and he calls for Christ to help pull him on up. I doubt that he stuck his tongue out, okay? I doubt that. But still, it's pretty cool because a lot of people say, well, there's only been one person that's walked on water. No, there's actually been two. He walked a a short ways before he started to sink. So that was a growing experience for him. He was in process. I believe even another time that, that was a growing experience for him was whenever Jesus was arrested and he's outside warming his hands over the barrel and there's a... Some young girls that came on up and said, aren't you that follower of Jesus Christ? And Peter rebuked them, like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm no follower of Jesus. Another individual came on up, said, aren't you a disciple? Aren't you like one of those guys that just totally just sold out for Jesus, a leader? I'm telling you, I don't know who the guy is. I'm just here just hanging on out. Third time he rebukes, even curses, and the cock rooster crows. That was a growing experience. Peter was in process. There's a man that walked with Christ for about three, three and a half years, to the point where he actually denied him three times. I have no idea who this guy is. This isn't a kid. This is a growing, grown adult. And we obviously we know the reinstatement then where Jesus, after the resurrection, comes to him and says, will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my sheep? And, and Jesus is like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Lord, you know I'm gonna do that. And, and you know what? Then we go to the next step where we see Peter even maturing into the book of Acts at Pentecost and he's preaching this message and thousands of people come to know the Lord. If you look back, you think, man, how could that guy that was such such a young christian be this spiritual icon that that you know scripture says upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it they became a spiritual leader icon in jerusalem process that i think that's mind boggling how and i guess the question is where are we at in our relationship and in maturing and in, in, in process, you know, when we say we're in process, where are we at? Because I think it is a relative question. Because if we're content, we come in here on Sunday mornings and say, you know what? I am perfectly fine. I can just come in here and just grab a seat, relax, enjoy. And you know what? I've served for many years. I don't have to serve anymore. Because you know what? I'll let other people do it. I believe there's folks that are in process that have been maybe spinning their wheels and they're stuck because of maybe things that have taken place in their life. Some things that have hurt them. Some things that didn't go quite the way they wanted to and they're just maybe like Jonah. They're angry with God and say, you know what? I would love to surrender my life and just live wholeheartedly for you, but God, you did this to me. I'll still go to church I'll still do the things. I'll go through the motions, but you know what? That's about it. I believe there's people out there that are not moving forward, have no desire to mature. I guess I'd want to challenge you, and I'm gonna ask you right here now. This may sound kind of dorky, and you may look around and say, like, I'm not gonna do this. But just take a deep breath and the count of three, and I want you to hold it for just maybe two seconds, Okay? On the count of three, take a deep breath. Hold it on in. One, two, three. Let it on out. If you have air in your lungs and you're breathing here today, God wants to use you. He wants to keep transforming you into the person that he wants you to be. As long as there's air in your lungs and you're capable to move and he wants you to keep moving forward no matter what has taken place in the past. You gotta understand, there's gonna be some times you look at the life of Joseph, things may not make sense. But you know what? He realized he served a a sovereign God who was in control and he stayed faithful and he was able to see how God was gonna work things out at the very end. We can't give up. We can't just grab a chair and say, you know what? I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a while. God did not design us to be that kind of person. You got to understand, we are in process. We've got to keep on moving forward, allowing the Lord to shape and mold us into who he wants us to be. We need to find those spiritual gifts, understand different ways of how we can serve, how we can share the gospel. That is so huge. It is so critical When I stop and I look at Moses, I'm here to tell you this because I believe there's going to be some folks in here saying, who, who have said it, or maybe they're even saying it right now, and that is, you know what, Lord? I am not qualified. You got the wrong person for this job. You need to get someone else to do it. I'm here to tell you, if the Lord is knocking on your heart and he's telling you, you know what? I need you to go do this for me. Then obviously what he's saying is he needs you to to go do this for him, okay? There might be some of you saying, you know what? I've been thinking about maybe starting to teach a little bit or, or become a leader. I had church family this year. I won't say the name, but she came to me and says, you know what, for Vacation Bible School, she goes, I, I've been praying. I've never helped with kids before. I've never helped with a vacation Bible school. But you know what? I was praying that the Lord just make known how he wants to use me. And he told me that I need to help out with vacation Bible school. And I said, kudos to you that you are open to allow the Lord to move in your life. She goes, I'm scared to death. I'm not sure what, you know, what God's going to do through this experience. And I said, I can tell you right now, he's gonna blow you away because you're being faithful and you're stepping on up to the plate and God's gonna use you in a powerful way. She was able to help out with a worship team. There's a person here who knows who I'm talking about. And she's helped out with creative dance and she'd come back and just report to me. So I was in my kitchen, I was practicing all the moves and everything. It was just a hoot seeing God just work through this gal's life. And then the last evening, she stopped and looked at me she goes, I am so grateful that I said yes to the Lord. He just blew me away. She goes, did you see all those kids that invited Jesus Christ into their life? I said, yes. I said, is that awesome? I said, you got to be a part of that. Please don't rob yourself of the blessings and the glory of God. Because you just want to take a seat and let someone else do it. If God is calling you, if he is nudging you, if he is telling you just blatant, maybe neon lights in the sky, I don't know, whatever it may be that he's saying, go do it. Take that step of faith and do it. Maybe God's saying, you know what, you start a Bible study at your work. Then take a step and say, hey, guys, I'm going to start a Bible study here. You know, um, every Tuesday morning for those like to come on in maybe 15, 20 minutes early, you know. Um love for you to come join us. Maybe two two guys come on in. And maybe out of those two, one invites Christ into their life. It's worth it. It was part of God's plan. He, he'll do amazing things. Maybe it's something to do with family. Where God's saying, you know what? I need to step on up and start being the spiritual leader that God has called me to be. Maybe it's friends. A friend that you've known for a long time and you just don't know where they stand at in their relationship with God. God saying, you know what, you need to reach on out to them, or maybe it's here in the church. So you know what, there's a lot of people that are involved and very blessed here at this church. On how many people get involved and work, but you know what, I'm really not plugged in. I'm not really doing anything. You know what, I need to step on up and get involved somehow, some way. If I get, if if I was a betting man, I'd say that he's probably wanting you to help out with youth or children's ministry. I mean, I just a guess. Um, but seriously, wherever God is nudging, remember that you are qualified because God has called you to do it. If He's called you to do it, do it. I look at Elijah. I think it's important for us, whether or not if we step back, and if some of you, if you journal, then great. I'd encourage you to go back, and I did this one time when I went on my first missions trip to Costa Rica, and I was reading through, I'm like, oh yeah. I remember how God showed up there and he did an amazing work. I believe there's times we, we, we need to stop and reflect upon how God has moved in our lives and brought us to where we're at right now and realize that we serve a mighty God who is powerful that wants to flex his muscle, especially in the sight of wickedness. You know what? When I, when I read this story, there's a part of me just like Come on, Elijah, you blew it. Fire came down from heaven, consumed this, this, this offering. And then you have this, this is how the story probably should have went whenever Jezebel said, surely by this time tomorrow, Elijah, you will be dead. He should start singing MC Hammer song saying, can't touch us. Seriously, I'm a part of God's anointed here. Did you just see the power of God at work and you think you could take me on out? Even if God allows it, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you read that story, they said, we will not bow down to this idol. Even if we die, that's okay because the Lord's gonna look after us. The Lord did look after them. They did not perish. Not even a hair was singed on them. But we can go back and we look here at Elijah. He should have just had... That kind of attitude saying, you know what? You don't understand the power of my God. You're not going to do anything unless it's a part of his will. And I don't believe it's a part of his will that you're going to even harm me to the slightest minute degree. But he left himself vulnerable. And maybe some of you have had so many irons in the fire here between family and church, and, and you just need to take a step back. And I thank the Lord that our pastoral council that have allowed Pastor Bobby to do that. There's a man that just needed to walk away. He knows the power of God. Pastor Bobby could tell you stories for days on how God works. But he, I, I praise God that he realized that he was at his end and he needed to step away and take a breather. Understand that we are human, very human there's a reason why the Lord even said, hey, on the seventh day, rest. And we're really guilty of that at times. If you don't, it's called sin, okay? If we don't honor the Sabbath. If we go on to the next person here, Jonah, he was a man that was just mad. He was angry with God. And maybe it's something has taken place in your life or whatever it may be. And I remember just quite... I had to say maybe probably 10 years ago, it was a young man, a good friend, had opportunity to uh, share the gospel, young Christian. And I'll just be blatantly honest with you. His mom had cancer and he called and we were talking and the cancer was in remission and we were talking and, and Sean was like, you know what? Mom's cancer's back again. He goes, I'm so angry with God. How could God allow This to take place. My mom is a godly woman. She loves the Lord, and she's never done anything wrong. He said she's just a good woman. Why does she have to suffer this way? Why would God allow this? I believe that we need to take a few steps back and just look at our theology, and we realize that we are sin, sinful. We live in a fallen world, and I told him, "I said we are not exempt from going through difficult times." We're not exempt from having diseases because we are fallen. Should we expect them? I'm not saying that. But when these things do take place, our attitude could either give glory to God or we can be mad at him. And I guess I would challenge you, whatever may be taking place in your life here today, if there's some things that's going on where you've just been angry, maybe right now you're just ticked off at God because of something that has taken place. You understand, the God that we serve is a God who loves you very much. He sees what's going on. He realizes that we are fallen. We're not exempt from going through difficult times, but when we go through those difficult times, we can turn to him and he can help us through those times. We can draw strength from him. We can find guidance. I believe we can grow closer to him. And you can say amen. And I look at Paul. If someone has made you upset, wronged you, then it's time that you make it right and you reconcile. If you look in 2 Timothy 4.11, Many scholars would say that Paul made it right with John Mark. I don't think he would have made these comments if he would not have. He said, consider here, he said, uh, um, John Mark here, he said, this man of great service. He passed a compliment. In Colossians 4.10, he says this to the Colossians, the church of Colossians. He said, please welcome him. I don't think you want above and beyond and really expounded on it, but the emphasis is this, because I believe if Paul held that grudge and allowed Satan a foothold, allowed bitterness to come on in, Paul would never have been as as effective as what he was. So if we have something, a grudge against someone, we need to take a few steps back and say, you know what? I need to go to that person and ask them for forgiveness. I need to make it right. And then you know what? I'm gonna watch God help me move forward and I can start maturing even more and more. Because whenever you stone wall and you come up to that wall, what you're doing is just grabbing a seat and saying, I, I, you know what? That person did me wrong. I don't have to go. It's their fault. So you just, you just take a seat and say, you know what? They can come to me. You know what? Be the bigger person. Go to them. Go to them. I believe here at Calvary Baptist Church, we understand the importance of being transformed. They under, I think we understand that we're all in progress here. I believe that we need to understand what Christ has said in his word as I close this on up and please listen. Many of you guys know here Matthew 16, 24, Luke 9, 23 says this, that there needs to be a denial of ourself, that we need to take up his cross in Luke uh, 923 says daily, and we need to follow him. I think that's a great theme verse when we say that we're in process, that when we get up in the morning, that we spend time in prayer, saying, okay, God, carry I am. What, what do you want me to learn? How am I gonna get stretched? How am I gonna grow? God, who do you want me to talk to you to share this incredible message of Jesus? God, I know some of the gifts that you've given me How can I exercise them here today so I can keep on growing and maturing in my relationship? That is my prayer for you this morning as I was preparing this message, that we can say, you know what, I'm in process. And maybe right now you're spinning your wheels. Say, no, it's time for me to start moving forward here today. I need to get back on track with the Lord. I've been getting in the way way too much, focusing on self. I need to start focusing on Christ. There needs to be a denial of myself. I need to pick up his cross and need to start following him daily. We are all here in process. My question to you is this, and please listen. Are you moving forward? Are you moving forward? Are you maturing in Christ?